You become a part of the morning drive now. 888-414-0303. You're listening to News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the morning drive, everybody. And uh, we are now pleased, as we always are, to have the governor of the state of Vermont joining us online, Governor Phil Scott. Good morning, Governor. Good morning. Uh, so, Governor, as we approach the um, crossover, as we head toward town meeting day, I guess that's next Friday, week from Friday, um, there is this huge issue out there, which is this 20% property tax, which I know you identified immediately in your state of the state speech as unacceptable. Um, we heard from different legislators that came on the show that said, you know, it's not going to happen. It's going to get, it, it always gets ratcheted back down. But since that number came out, it's actually gone up from the 17 or 8% team percent they were talking about to potentially over 20. So the legislative fix so far, and it appears they're going to pass this today in the Senate is to allow schools to go back and, uh, uh, delay their budget vote and come back and make cuts to their budget because they're going to they're going to uh, uh do away with the with the tax the 5% cap on property taxes. Do you think that will significantly alleviate the problem? I do not. Um I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, obviously, you know, when it comes right down to it, it's it's about spending. So, um Reducing the amount of, of spending, the the budgets is going to move us in the right direction. But, but again, we're we're facing. We identified this uh, with our December letter uh, that uh, that we are statutorily required to do to set the rates and and tr- try and determine what it's looking like, uh, what the field is looking like. And we said it was going to be around eighteen percent at that point. And I remember uh, there were many who said. You know, that's just fear-mongering. It's just posturing. It's just, it's not going to happen. We always face this. It's going to be reduced to 2, 2% maybe, not 20% or 18%. And um, and we didn't see it that way. Uh, this wasn't fear-mongering. This was factual. And 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 I'd never remembered seeing in my years in, in office anything to this extreme, to this degree. Um, so buying something down when we knew we didn't have the money to buy anything down, we didn't have any real surpluses to put towards this as we've done in the past. Um, and this was $225 million. So we've, uh, we've been concerned about this, uh, since the very beginning and put, putting this, uh, again, uh, I think uh, this is the move in the right direction, moving this 5% cap. It was uh, had to do with the uh, pupil waiting um, formula change uh, that was made in S two eighty seven, and and so I think that, that that again is a move in the right direction. But it's not going to fix it. Uh, I I predict it, if all goes well, uh, you might reduce it. You know twenty twenty five million, but nowhere near the two hundred twenty five million uh, that uh, that we're looking at. And it's, it's, yeah, go ahead. Do you think the concern by schools is valid? What some of the schools are saying that it's, it's throwing them sort of into chaos at the last minute? Yeah, I, I, well, I do. I mean, it's, is uh, 
this is something we probably uh, should have had the red flag up in December and started working on it then. And uh, but but again, I don't know what else we can do uh, except to ask schools uh, and 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 municipalities, school districts, uh, to reflect on their budget that they're putting forward, because as I said, this is all about spending. So we have. Uh, we've been facing this for years. Uh, we, we have fewer kids in our schools, uh, but the cost of education is going up. It's just moving in the wrong direction. We, we identified this um, six, seven, eight years ago uh, when came into office. I remember vetoing a budget because of a $13 million increase in, uh, in uh, school spending. And we had a number of initiatives we put forward, and, and over those I'd say three or four years, and the legislature wasn't interested in any of them. Um, so, you know, this is the pandemic um, put, I, I guess we were almost in intermission at that point. Uh, we had uh, we had a lot of federal money coming our way, uh, but this isn't anything new. Uh, this just is hitting us like a, a an you know, a, a hammer is hitting us uh, on an anvil. Um, we we are in dire straits at this point in time. $225 million is an incredible amount of money. But we're spending over $2.1 billion uh, for education right now with fewer kids. So, so again, we've got to get a handle on this because uh, until we are able to uh, address the affordability situation in Vermont, we're not going to bring more people in or keep people here. And uh, that's what we need. Uh, the demographics is the root of all our problems. I, I said, you know, I think uh, a month or two ago we talked about this. When you th when you look at our demographics, we have um, uh, since 2010, in a 10-year period, 2010 to 2020, we have uh, about 14,000 fewer kids, uh, ages zero to 17. That's down 11 percent. We have. We have 28,000 fewer people uh, in the ages 40 to 54, which is, you know, the meat, the, the, the center of our workforce. That's down 20%. And we have 44,000 more people, ages 65 to 79, I'm one of them, uh, up 67%. So this is what we've been talking about for quite some time. And, and until we can turn that around, um, we 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 have to address the spending side, and uh, it's been I, again the pandemic um, with all the federal money that came our way uh, has put us in a or put many uh, into to thinking that this was uh, this was just the way the normal. Uh, yep. that a lot of them haven't haven't ever experienced this. You've experienced it. I've experienced it, um, but um, but they haven't, all and right. they just thought it was going to continue. Let's go to the phones for you. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. I live in South Hero, and the school board chair has noted that our taxes are due to raise approximately 30 or 38 percent. And South Hero is known as a sending town, so we collect roughly two to one dollars that we keep in town. Isn't it time that school budgets became local again? I mean, the Act 60 just you know, through a monkey wrench, and it's confusing to everybody. 
What do you think, Governor? Is it time to just come up with a new education finance system? It does really seem like that there's a total disconnect on what people are voting on these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there is uh, an opportunity here to readdress Act 60. Um, it's uh, it is complicated but simplistic in some respects. If you if you think about it in the simple form, um, it's all the school districts uh, they they come up with their budgets, they send their budgets, their invoices into Montpelier. Montpelier puts it all into a big bucket, and then uh, and then we determine collectively uh, as the whole state uh, how much we need to pay for it, and we raise taxes uh, in order to do that. Um, there is no control in in some respects in Montpelier over school budgets. Uh, it is done on the local local level, uh, but in in the islands, uh, I think I heard the other day. Um, theirs is going up, as, as the caller had mentioned, uh, like 38 uh, percent. That that will, if if you take the number of students they have, they're sending. Uh, that's like forty-seven thousand dollars, something like that. Forty-seven thousand dollars per student, uh, and that's it. Just seems ridiculous. Uh, there, there's got to be a better way. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, Governor. Um, I have a couple of questions. Uh, first one, you know, we love helping people. Do you think that our bleeding heart and all our social services is causing fewer people to pay tax and more people, you know, not, not paying tax? And the second one, can you please tell our, tell our listeners how many illegal aliens have we accepted in Vermont? that is going to cost our school system to pay a lot more money for these kids. Don't get me wrong. I love immigration, but people are suffering. Thank you. Um, a, a couple things uh, there. Uh, in terms of, you know, whether we our compassion uh, over, overwhelms our, our brains in some respects, uh, our hearts are bigger than our pocketbooks. Um, there's some of that, uh, and I think there needs to be a balance. You have to be realistic uh, about what we're facing, and that's what we, we've tried to get the legislature to address over the last my last eight years. Uh, and, and we did, did a lot of that. Uh, we didn't raise tax and fees for six, seven years uh, until they got the supermajority, and then they... It was like carte blanche. They they could do anything they wanted, and they did. Uh, they were you know last year, uh, they raised the they they overspent I think in terms of the budget uh, increased budget uh, the budget by thirteen percent. Uh, they they raised the, the DMV fees by twenty percent. That took effect in January. They got a payroll tax coming on that's going to raise a hundred million dollars in in July. I mean these. We haven't seen uh, everything yet. Uh, this the property tax was just one piece of this. Um, so, I uh, I think uh, I, again we have to have a balance of both. We we can be compassionate, but we got to be have to be realistic as well. But I still go back to our demographics in terms of uh, illegal immigration. I think it's a small piece uh, of the problem. I think immigration, legal immigration, is part of the answer. We need more people here. We need more uh, in the workforce. Um, and we need, you know, if we're going to have uh, all the schools and the spending and so forth uh, that goes along with it, we need more kids. Uh, we need more, more in the workforce paying for it. 
Uh, we don't we don't need more taxes. We need more taxpayers. That's what I've said that for six seven years now. So uh, that's that's the issue. It's it's, it's all, everything that we we've talked about over the last uh, eight years uh, is you know we need to to make Vermont more affordable. We need to grow the economy. We need to protect the most vulnerable. And and, and those are the three priorities. All right. This, this year, public safety uh, is uh, is something that's uh, that, that's another issue that we're facing uh, that we need to address. Let's grab another call for you, sir. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi, my name is uh, James, and I'm from the Franklin County area. And from what the governor was just saying, it sounds like we have a liberal democratic problem in the state of Vermont when it comes to spending, because. We want to spend more than we take in. Vermont's already an expensive state due to our location and the fact that we don't have a lot of uh, natural resources that uh, provide money, like, uh, you know, Alaska, who has oil reserves all over. Um, How do we switch the changing of the mindset of people to be more physically responsible when it comes to spending in a state like Vermont? I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Uh, run, run for office. Yeah, get involved. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, I, and and I know that sounds flippant, but it, but it's true. Uh, we need more people running for for office. We need more common sense. I think moderate centrists uh, who have uh, both compassion, uh, but but have some practicality, frugality. Um, we we seem to be you know overwhelmed with compassion. And not not enough frugality uh, right now, and uh, and we need to change that. We need more people running for office uh, that know how to, again, how to balance a checkbook. Well, it's hard, you know. Um, I I have a healthy respect for everybody that comes through here and talks about it, but that's the reality. We do need people to step up and get involved. It, it's true. Um, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, gentlemen. But, um, my concern right now with all this budgeting is we're not, what's going to happen? Are we going to have another lawsuit against like Monsanto or Pfizer or, or like the president, you know, like New York did or whatever to gather revenue? Seems like our judicial system's getting a little carried away, and maybe that's where some of this mindset is attempting to draw their funding. I, I would assume, I mean, we live in a legalistic society, it seems like I would agree. Um, we, it, it seems as though we've had a lot of that. Um, and, and, and I think that there are many who are looking for uh, the easy way out uh, and finding someone else to pay for some of the issues we face. So I think, uh, I think, you know, it is time to tighten our belts a bit. Uh, as I've said, uh, live within our means. Uh, we'll get through it. If we do, uh, we'll have to do without. Uh, but we have to do that in our own everyday lives. I mean, uh, households need to do that. I've had to do it throughout my life, uh, and, and we're going to have to do it in the future. We can't just expect uh, Washington to come to our aid uh, every single time. And, and you know, uh, again, we've, I'm grateful for everything they've done. And we, we were successful in taking a lot of that money and investing it instead of spending it, although they spent it uh, more than I wish, uh, than I'd hoped they had, they would, this being the legislature. But for the most part, uh, we took and, and put those, uh, those dollars, the billion dollars uh, that we received, uh, invested it in, into housing uh, 
and broadband uh, and and other measures, uh, economic development, uh, and water, sewer, and stormwater infrastructure. Those are the investments we need to to, to make uh, in order to to grow, to thrive in the future. So, uh, again, um, we need more people to run, and then we have to live with our means. But it's not going to be easy. Yep. I, I don't want people to think that this is just a flip of the switch and, and we'll fix all this. Let's get to uh, another please. question for you, Governor. Let's go to the call of the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, Governor. Uh, I took your advice three years ago. I ran for a select board in, in uh, Highgate. I'm running again. Uh, I have my comfort zone because uh, I figured, just like you said, it's the only way to fix things in the state. And I strongly encourage other people to do it. It's quite eye-opening. It's quite rewarding. Um, one question I have, Governor, we just had Representative Hango come to our last town or last uh, select board meeting trying to explain this whole thing with the property taxes. Um, just for everybody out there, my understanding is that the COVID money has dried up. We overspent during those three years. We've been getting into the ARPA funds and all that kind of stuff. Is that what's happening now? We're out of that and we're back to just our own money, which we can't, we can't back our way out of it seems at this point. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, and, and thank you for stepping up to serve. I think it's important. Hopefully you'll go further and run for the legislature at some point as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was a lot of federal money that came through the door. Um, and, and a lot of it was this what was called ESSER money. It was for education uh, to, to bridge the gap during the pandemic. But then we got accustomed to that. They didn't take that extra money and, and invest it. They used it for ongoing expenses. And, and you're right, it's dried up. Uh, so now we're living uh, mostly on the, on the state dime and the local dime. Um, so, so that's where we're at right now. I, I did want to take just, just a minute. There was the S-287, and this was the, uh, the people uh, waiting uh, um, bill that we talked about and that's what they, they had the cap on and so forth and I just want to read you just a couple of portions uh, on this because I signed it uh, but I said today I'm signing S-287 however I believe our work in this area has just begun and I went through why I thought this was a good idea given students an equal chance of success and so forth um, but and, and I said, and, and while the current per-pupil waiting formula is out of date, it's just one symptom of an unequal system of education, which increases costs and decreases opportunities, and this requires fundamental reform. And I said, also, we also know this bill uh, risks further increasing the cost of our education system in a way that compounds these underlying issues, particularly if we continue to see fewer and fewer students alongside annual school budget growth of three to four percent on average. At the same time, the legislature passed several other new new policies, including universal school meals and PCB remediation, community schools, literacy reform, and facilities repair that will likely lead to even higher costs for taxpayers. I urge the legislature to work with my team alongside our schools to address cost containment and transparency to moderate the tax burden of the education funding system in the coming years. This I wrote May 23rd, 2022. We didn't hear from the legislature. They hadn't really had any interest in working with us on this until now. And now so we're, now we're here. Okay. Yeah, now 20%. Yeah, we can't afford it, folks. We can't afford it. Now, Governor, uh, Governor, I want to get to a couple other questions. Um, so there's uh, there's this the ACLU 
and uh, Phil Bruth, other legislators have uh, had criticisms about your um, health commissioner, Mark Levine. They're saying, I'll give you the quote from Phil Bruth. He says, if the administration is determined to undermine the authorization of overdose prevention centers, which data suggests will improve a seemingly insoluble public health crisis, then they must do so openly in the light of day. No one is served by this sort of maneuvering, said Senator Phil Bruth. And the ACLU is also saying that that Mark Levine, your health commissioner, uh, has violated the open meeting law in regard to this issue. How do you? I know you've pushed back on that. How do you respond to that? Well, totally unfounded and unfair, and I vehemently uh, uh, oppose anything that they've said in regards to this. This was a committee uh, that was formed uh, by the legislature, and uh, we were part of it. And, and to determine what we do with settlement funds. Uh, you know, the caller before had mentioned this, but this was an opioid uh, settlement fund. What we do with those millions of dollars we're going to receive. They came back with a recommendation, recommendations, remember, that's the key word here, uh, that goes back to the Department of Health. Uh, Dr. Levine was heading this up. He was totally transparent about all of this. Their number one pick was safe injection sites, as you know. I've been unwavering in my opposition to that, uh, and and I believe we should be focusing more on prevention. Uh, you know, an ounce of prevention, a pound of cure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I I don't think that's the right path to go. But they have a bill in the legislature. They're trying to move that forward. And if they want to do that in the light of day, go ahead and do it. I've vetoed it before uh, the measure in Burlington. I would veto it again. I've been very clear and transparent about that. So. Why fight about this in terms of this opioid settlement money when we can put it to good use in other areas that we know work? So we didn't take the number one pick of this uh, this uh, committee that was formed, um, but we did. Dr. Levine did it transparently and showed what the vote was on each individual item, and and was totally transparent about this. But it was a recommendation. Now the legislature has it in their hands. They can do what they want. They have the supermajority. If that's the, the way they want to go, then do it. They've proved it. They've done it before. They'll do it again. Uh, until we find other people to run for office, this is what's going to happen. But this is just unfair. And uh, it's totally, totally unfair to Dr. Levine, who probably doesn't exceed the speed limit on uh, on the I-89. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, doesn't seem like less. the type of guy that's... No, he just yeah. isn't. He's as straight as an arrow. Now, another another issue that you... Um, and I'd, I'd like to have you explain this, and we're getting limited time here, but environmentalists and developers, this is a headline in Digger, say, say they're ready to compromise on Act 250, but that you... Dis- you know, we all say, oh, that's good. We're going to get somewhere then. They both agree, but it's, then it says the governor disagrees with the consensus they've, they've formed on this. Um... Uh, what's the what's the pushback that what's the where do you differ with with yeah what i want is act 250 reform that's going to help us move forward with our housing crisis i find nothing in the bill that they're they're looking at uh that's going to do that uh and i've been again very transparent about that uh we need you know act 250 work we need appeals reform we need uh, local regulatory permit reform. We need tax incentives. A lot of what's in the bill that's coming out of the Senate Economic uh, Be Home, I think that's the what they've named it, 
there, there's some good things in that. But what, what they're working on, what some of them are working on, just missing the point. Like, we need more housing. So fix that. And uh, uh, one representative gave, gave you a shot, Sheldon uh, from Middlebury, saying <laughs> that the governor distanced himself from the environment, which was very sort of disheartbreaking, was sort of heartbreaking for me, she said. So she was criticizing that you said the environment was not so important. You know, I think what we've said, I think everyone has, has said and agreed that we have a housing crisis. If we have a housing crisis, sometimes we have to do things that are uncomfortable. We've done it during Irene, did it during the July flooding, did it during the pandemic. And, and you know, an emergency, you, you, have to, you have to do things that are uncomfortable. And this is uncomfortable for some um, to, to make changes to Act 250 to further uh, the, 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 the housing that we need uh, to work our way out of the crisis we're in. So, again, I'm not distancing myself from the environment, um, but my priority right now is, uh, is making Vermont more affordable, but also uh, fixing the housing crisis so that we can get more people in the state to pay more taxes. Governor, last question for you. We're out of time. If you can give me a fairly short answer to this. The mayor was on the show last week. I'm sure you've heard about the issue with Decker Towers. People in the hallways, needles going in, and, and the homeless are living in the stairways, and it's just a total disaster. The mayor is basically blaming that issue on the state, and I guess you, for the, the motel program, putting people in also issues in the city hall park, et cetera, that the, the motel program by you and the state is what, why we're having this problem. How do you respond to that, if you can give me a quick answer? Well, I think the hotel-motel program has been uh, uh, detrimental in a lot of respects. We went from before the pandemic having, you know, 100 people in the general assistance program to now, you know, during the pandemic and after uh, having 2,000. Uh, that's the problem right there. So you can blame uh, everyone uh, for this. We all should accept blame, uh, and we need to fix it, and we're trying to do that right now. All right, Governor Phil Scott, as always, thanks for being on the morning drive today. Thank you very much. Thanks Have a great day. Us, sir. Yep. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to uh, get an update on uh, the legislature from Downs, Racklin, and Martland. Uh, Patty Comline is going to be joining us right after this.